What happens when your worst fear becomes your reality? Hi, I'm Brent Cassidy. Welcome to the Nightmare Success In and Out podcast, where we explore how to overcome your fears and nightmares to set yourself free. We're going to be exploring this topic with guys I was in Leavenworth with and others who served at other prisons. We're going to be talking about life before prison, life in prison, life out of prison. These stories can be inspiring, sometimes sad. There's some humor but hopefully you can come away with a nugget of something that will help you knock down some of the prisons you've built up in your own mind. So today, folks, I have something I am really excited about because I had a fraternity brother of mine that listens to the podcast, and he sent me an article. Chris Stiegel, by the way. Chris, shout out to you. Uh, and this is, I mean, the, just the headline of this this article that was sent, It was in, I think it was in Yahoo News, and um, it says, I went from being one of the top teen golfers to Hawaii's most wanted. Now I try to help kids out of the dark hole I fell into. And Kyle was uh, Keelousing, Kyle Keelousing. He, he played golf against Tiger Woods, was ranked fourth in the world as teen. Uh, his promising career as a golfer was derailed as a teen, and he ended up in prison until age 39. This is an incredible story. I mean, it's and the thing that I love about this, and I love the fact that Kyle's on here today because this guy is making a difference. He's taking this like journey of a story that he has, and he's going out and he's talking to kids about how you need to be watching where you step, and he's using that. And he's using all the elements of what he has, and it's really inspiring. Kyle, welcome in, man. Thank you for being here. Aloha, brother Brent from Hawaii. Thank you so much for having me, and I, I'm super grateful, my man. Next time we'll have to go and do this in Hawaii face-to-face. -face. <laughs> you should. You should. Bring a golf club. All right, Kyle. So let's talk about this. You, you growing up in Hawaii, I mean, golf had to be a big part of your life to be as good yep. as you were, ranked fourth yep. as a teenager. Yep. Uh, how did you get, how did this all happen for you as a kid? So I'm born and raised in Hawaii all my life. My parents got divorced at the age of three. So I moved in with my grandpa and my grandma. My grandpa's name was George Martin. He was the chief of police at the time. Okay. And just so happens, my grandpa, his backyard, you walk over on stone wall, it's the golf course. Wow. It's the golf course. And it was just a matter of time, bro, before my grandpa put the club in my hand. And he was my father figure growing up, so I followed him wherever, wherever he went. And he was in a golf course whenever he could. And I followed him, and he showed me on swing, and he, he taught me golf. And he taught me that everything that comes with golf, with etiquette and morals and all that good stuff, bro. Yeah. And I, I had a beautiful upbringing despite my parents being divorced. And at the age of 10, he entered me into my first state um, tournament, which I won. You won your first tournament? My first state <laughs> tournament at 10 years old. Man. He said, boy, I want to sign you up for this tournament. Because that, that tournament was at the golf course right in the backyard. So it was perfect. You've been playing it. I knew, I knew every green. I knew every slope. I knew everything about that course. Wow. That was my, my, my playground. Yeah, it was your backyard. So he, signed me, he signed me up, and I won. I, I was won What could you have been league. thinking, Kyle, as a kid at 10 I know. years old? <laughs> I mean, my God. I know. So when I won that state title, 
it allowed me to jump on a plane two months later to go to San Diego, California to play in the Junior World Championships at Presidio Hills, California. Wow. Where I met Eldrick Tiger Woods for the very first time because he won his state. I won my state. So everybody who won this state is now in San Diego at Presidio Hills Golf Course. How wild is that? Yeah. So I remember looking at him and I was thinking, oh, this kid is good, bro. And I was watching him and this tournament was three days, three days long. The first two days I had a lead and I remember the camera crew. It was a big thing right at Presidio Hills. And I'm not blaming the camera crew and stuff, but I, I got pressured <laughs> out. And the last day I choked and Tiger came first. I came first. And I remember playing with him in the same group. And he we was talking about Hawaii, bro. He was yeah. telling me, Hawaii? Yeah, Hawaii. And then he started calling me Pineapple. Pineapple. He goes that from Hawaii, yeah. And so I, I came forth and I flew back home to Hawaii. And I went on my grandpa's wall and I sat on the wall looking into the golf course, 10 years old, state champ. And it's the first time I was ranked fourth in the world. And I was sitting on the wall looking into the golf course, young Kyle. And I made a goal for myself that day. And this was my goal to play junior golf, beat everybody in junior golf, go to high school, beat everybody in high school, go to college, beat everybody in college, graduate, turn pro, and buy me a mansion. There it is. That was my goal at 10 years old, bro. That's a 10-year-old. That's a 10-year-old that's thinking. Yeah. yeah. So every day, I woke up before before the sun was up. I would get up. I'd have my golf bag ready. As soon as I could see a little bit light outside, I would jump over that wall, and I would start golfing. Until I hear my grandpa yell, boy, school. Then I would run home, jump over the wall, put my golf clubs down, put my backpack on, school. So you had and a real auto- passion for it, Kyle. Since watching my grandpa hit that ball, bro, when this was like everything. And all, and I know for achieving my goal at 10 years old, I got to be smart in school because that's how my grandpa told me, bro. Right. You got to be, you got to be respectful. You got to learn. You got to have good grades. So I was on a roll student. I would come home from school, grab my golf clap, my golf bag, jump over the wall and I would golf till dark. So that was my schedule, bro. Every wow. day. Every and day. I was doing it. Junior year, I won six state titles and I was doing it, bro. I went into high school and I was beating everybody in high school. And we fast forward the tape to my senior year. Every day I'd come home from school, I'd open the mailbox and we'll have numerous college applications, scholarships come to here, come to here, come to here. Did you have and a place, I- Kyle, that you wanted to go? No, I had no idea. I am I, I'm, I'm an island boy, local boy. I don't know anything but golf and Hawaii. That's it. Mm -hmm. And I remember going through the envelopes with my mom. My grandpa already had passed away. And I remember looking at the envelopes and, oh, where's this? Oh, where's this? Oh, son, that's too far. It's too far from home, son. (laughs) And I remember just going through that with my mom, bro. And then high school, high school, senior year, I had a lot of friends who dibble-dabbled with drugs and dibble-dabbled in um, alcohol and weed. Weed is a big thing here in Hawaii, and, mm-hmm. but I stayed focused. I stayed focused, and everybody knew that I was going to put Hawaii on the map. And Hawaii is a close-knit community, and everybody I, everybody was proud of me, and 
everybody was telling me, Kyle, you stay on this path, you're going you're gonna to put Hawaii on the map and you're going to be famous and you're going to be rich. And wow. all these things about people were telling me. It's a lot to think and about as a kid. Yeah. I put in planning work too, you know, planning work, bro. So honor roll student, high school, I, I, don't, I don't do anything, drugs, nothing. And I physically strong and I smart and I, I can golf. So my senior year of high school, I sitting in class behind me in the speaker said, Kyle Kilau Singh, please come to the office. So I stand up. I told the teacher, miss, I go into the office. Okay. I walk to the office. I knock on the door. I heard my principal's voice come in and open the door. I, my, I seen my principal and somebody that I never did see before in my life. He didn't stand up. He said, Kyle, I've been following you and this and this, and I'm here to offer you on full ride scholarship. And I stick out my hand and I shook his hand like this. And the reason why I shook his hand because he, he took the initiative of jumping on a plane, bro, and coming all the way to an island to meet me and talk to me. So with that being said, that showed a lot of character, bro. So I shook his hand and I said, I see you in six months, bro. He said, I see you in six months, bro. Oh, and turn around. I shake my principal's hand. I turn around and my head instantly got this big, bro. I bet. And my, my head got so big and got filled with arrogance, bro. Kyle, where did you say he was pride. from? Where did you say the, the the man was from? What college? Gosh, I don't even remember. What I had so much schools, bro. <laughs> well, it was just a big school that you you were. Well, yeah, it was a super big school. And at, at that time, I never did even care. Bro. Yeah, I, he I, got boy, on a plane to come see you. Was... Yeah. And everything happened so fast, bro, Brent. Yeah. I, I couldn't even walk out of the office. My head got so big instantly. And everybody's voices in my head was telling me, Kyle, you're going to be famous. You're going to be that. You're going to be a millionaire. Yeah. I just watered that seed, bro. And mm -hmm. my head got big. And I was walking around campus on different person, bro. My mindset was sense of entitlement. You cannot tell me nothing. I'm going to be a millionaire. Mm -hmm. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on pro. Mm -hmm. So the teachers, they took notice, bro. Instantly, they took notice. And they're telling me, put me on the side. Kyle, you better humble yourself, bro. You never graduate yet. My response to them was, bro, don't tell me what to do, bro. You're just a teacher, bro. I won't be a millionaire, Kyle. Don't tell me what to do. Kyle, you better watch that mentality. Bro. Watch yourself, bro. And my, that's how my mentality was. And it came to a point where it got out of hand, bro. And I did something bad to a male, one man teacher, and I, I, I threw something, one object at him and because I wanted to impress everybody that I'm going to be better than him. And, and I got expelled, bro. Mm. Six two months before late, graduation? Six months to graduation, two weeks after the guy left, mm. I got kicked out already. And I, my mom, I'm, I went to the office. The teacher was in there and the principal went look at me. He shake his head. He said, Kyle, I could charge you, I could call the police right now, and we could charge you with assault, with a weapon, because of what you did to him. Then I look at the teacher, and I said, I'm sorry, bro. I just was trying to impress my friends and that girl, and I'm sorry, bro. I never, nothing personal. He never, like, nothing to do with me. I look at the principal. I said, bro, I just was in here two weeks ago with a guy. You saw me shake his hand, bro. Should have thought about that first, bro. You see that phone, Kyle? Pick him up. Call somebody for pick you up. I said, I'm sorry, bro. Give me a chance. No, nope, pick up the phone. I pick up the phone. I call my mom and I said, mom, I got kicked off. You got to come pick me up. She goes, what? 
You're so dumb, son. Wait right there. She drive down to the school. She said, wait outside. She went in the office. I thought everything was going to be okay. She came out. She was crying. She said, get in a car, son. I got in a car. She said, you're so dumb, son. What you going to do now? Bro? I don't know. I don't, I don't know nothing about golf, bro. I never, I never, I never take the time for learn anything else, bro. Just golf. And now my, my dreams got shattered, bro. And the word, the word got out fast, bro. You call that in Hawaii, coconut wireless. Oh, you heard about Kyle, bro. He got well, kicked out. Bro. Probably, I mean, obviously really well known because of your golf. Yeah, so, we live yeah. on an island, bro. Yeah. And every time I'll win, they'll put me on the news. Kyle Kilausing, boom, prodigy, bang, boom, yeah. Kyle Kilausing. Yeah. So now the word got out, bro. And wherever I went, the supermarket and my mom, people, people would actually come up to me and tell me, oh, Kyle, we heard what happened. You're so dumb, bro. You had a bright future, bro. I know. I go to the beach, barbecuing with my family. People would come up to me, oh, Kyle, we heard what happened. You're so dumb, bro. What do you think, Kyle? Wrong? Bro, this constant, constant. Then one day I said, I, I was at home and I was in my room, bro. And I started crying. Then I came out of my room and I said, mom. She said, yeah, son, what's the matter? She said, I got to get out of here, son. I'm on. I got to get out of here. I got to leave, bro. She said, what you talking about? I said, I tied wherever I go, ma. You heard. You heard these people telling me I dumb, I dumb, I dumb. I know I made a bad choice, bro. But I, I cannot handle it anymore. I just turned 18 years old. She said, what you like do then? I said, I'm going I go, I go to Alaska. She said, who you know in Alaska, son? I said, nobody, bro. Nobody. I just got to go and nobody going to call me stupid and dumb over there. And at that time, my mom had like two jobs and shit. Her finance was, wasn't good. So she said, son, a ticket is expensive, bro. So tonight, you better go in your room and you think about this, bro. And the next day, if you still feel the same way, son, I'm going to buy you a ticket, but a one-way ticket, bro. And if I do buy you a one-way ticket, son, you better not go up to Alaska and you call me and you tell me you stuck. You understand, son? So you better go in your room and think about this, bro. So I, all night, I couldn't sleep. I just was thinking about him, thinking about him. The next day I came, I woke up. I told my mom, mom, I'm going. She said, you sure? I said, yeah, sure. She bought me a one-way ticket, bro, to Alaska. 18 years old, just so nobody called me dumb anymore. Mm. I had two backpacks and I left. I was in Alaska for five years, bro. I had three beautiful kids, three sons. And I, in Alaska, I just... I just was existing. I, I found some indoor golf stuff. I used to go golf and I, I still not into liquor. I still not into drugs. I still good, bro. Then one day I woke up and the Eskimo girls wait at the time. I wake her up and she said, what's the matter? I said, I'm going home, bro. She said, you go back to sleep. You home? I said, no, this is not my home, bro. I'm going to take my kids and I'm going to go back to Hawaii. And when you're ready, you come, I'm going to have them pay for it. She said, you sure? I said, I sure. So she said, okay. And then my little sister from Hawaii flew up to Alaska because my kids were small. She helped me and my kids. We went back to Hawaii. As soon as my plane had landed in Hawaii, I landed right into the crystal meth epidemic. Bro. Mm. I don't know nothing about crystal meth. I don't know nothing about drugs, but that's why I landed back home. The first thing, first day home, I jumped in my sister's Honda Civic and I drove down the beach. Because in Hawaii, we always at the beach, bro. 
So the first beach I went, I see my I see my friend. I was looking at him like that's him or what? My friend he looked so ugly, bro. And before I left, he was unhealthy. He was a football player. He was big and he was strong. Then I was looking at him. He was he looked broken. He looked brittle. He looked frail. Then I call his name. He turned around. He said, "Who, oh, Kyle?" I said, "Hey, what's up, bro? What happened to you, bro? You look ugly, bro." And he bust up on crystal meth pipe. And he said, "Ready up, cause you gotta try this, bro." I said, oh, "Get that out of my face, bro." Wherever I went, bro, all my friends were skinny. They was ugly, and they had on crystal meth pipe. And it was just a matter of time, bro. Because everybody, everybody around there was in one way. Or the everybody other. was using them. And I'm not blaming anybody, bro. I made the choice. Yeah. One day I was surfing. I put my surfboard in the back of the truck. I turn around. My friend had a crystal meth pipe ready. I said, come on, bro. Ready cause. Let's go. Let me see what this thing is all about. And when I, when I blow out that crystal meth smoke, Brent, I blew out everything that was instilled in me as a child, bro. Mm. Every ounce of goodness in my body, bro, came out. And I instantly became an addict, bro. And I did what was necessary for fuel my addiction, bro. Right and there. here in Holy, I, I, I did plenty bad things, bro, to people. My home, my home of Hawaii. And they put me back on the news again. But this time it's not for golf because they labeled me Hawaii's most wanted. And they said, they was telling the public, if you guys see Kyle Kilau Singh, please do not try and apprehend. Call 911 and all this bad stuff about me, blasting me all over. I brought plenty of shame upon my family. I brought plenty of shame upon myself. And addiction is, is not good, bro. And addiction, I had no control over my addiction. And I, I, like I said, I did what was necessary fulfillment addiction and crystal meth had his grips on me and had no intentions of letting me go. So I'm curious, Kyle, when you got into that and you felt like you'd pretty much just kind of your, the rest of your life have shed off your skin and you got into, you know, stealing cars and things that would basically fuel your addiction to, to meth. Did it, what was in your mind? Did it feel like that you were out of control? Did you feel like you were addicted, or did it feel like you were still in control, and that you everybody else was crazy? I felt I had to do what was necessary. I felt like nobody could touch me. I felt like, and nobody could, bro. And like I said, I live on an island, and the police that was trying to get in. Where I gonna run, Brent? In circles, bro. So when I came home from Alaska, I was like 24, maybe mm-hmm. 24 years old. So I was addicted to crystal meth for like four or five years. And I, I ran amok and I did quite well as a fugitive for being on an Island. I would think it would be really hard to be a fugitive on an Island. I, it is. It is. That's why my story is so different because everybody knows me everybody knew me and the police know me personally and when they caught me i was 29 years old 98 pounds full-blown crystal meth addict hawaii's most wanted and i, I this is my mug shot i'm gonna show you a picture wow 
for that's women. my mugshot. You so look like a Google totally name, different person. If, yep. If you Google my name, this picture gonna pop up. Everybody can see that because it is what that goes to YouTube. Uh, you can see his picture, and we'll we'll sure. make sure that the, that's incredible. You don't look like the same sure. person. You believe this guy won six state titles, ranked fourth in the world in golf against Tiger Woods? You believe that? That's crazy. As, yeah, that's why I'm so passionate about what I do, bro. So, so go ahead. So, Kyle, we take it. So you're you're at you're basically living life as a fugitive. You finally get caught. Uh, they take you in, and you, now you're experiencing this world of of a prison. Are you th- are you thinking? Because I know what happens. I mean, I'm going to let you explain it, but you don't stay in there. <laughs> okay, so this is the first time I've ever so, talked to somebody who did this. So you're going to have to walk uh, me through. So I don't know nothing about jail. I don't know nothing about the system. I don't know nothing about nothing. All I know is I. I'm in the Hilo jail now. It's right by my house. So I, I, all I did for the first two weeks was eat and sleep because there's two things I didn't do well on my addiction. Mm-hmm. So finally, I, I got, I came to my senses, bro. So my weight, I, my, my weight came back. I was physically strong, but the, the my addiction to crystal meth was even stronger, bro. Mm-hmm. And the jail at that time was over overwhelmed with people like had three men to a cell just was packed to the gills so they made a makeshift dorm out of an old cafeteria and they put all of us inside i had 40 of us and at the top of this dorm 40 feet up there's a little skylight round triangle window then i remember looking at the skylight way up on the ceiling and one of my friends came up to me and said bro what you looking at i said you see that window way up there he said, yeah, I'm going to escape call. And in, in Hawaii, you either surf, you're a waterman, or you want cowboy around, and you go to the mountains. Okay. That's the two main things in Hawaii. And the guy I was talking to, he, he was like one rodeo guy, bro, this guy. He win buckles, bro. And I told him, you and your friends, bro, you can kick everybody off the guys off their mattresses. Mm-hmm. You can strip their sheets, bro. And you guys gonna make me on a rope, like what cowboys do, bro. And you're gonna lasso that light that is dangling up there. That's what you guys gonna do. And at that time of my life, being the fugitive that I was, in the dark world, plenty people and respect me, bro. So when I told him that, he was on it. Bro, him and his friends started kicking everybody in the head. Get off, get off, get off. They got the sheets, they rip them, they make on braid, they made on rope. My, my friend brought the rope to me. I said, see that light right there? Lasso them, bro. Like you do it on rodeo. He lasso the light. Boom. That was it. Give me the rope. I climb up the rope. I grab onto the light. I climb up the cable. Made my way up like one ninja. I made him to the window. I broke the window with my elbow. I squeezed my way out of the window. I was on the roof. I jumped off the roof 40 feet. Oh, my God. The first Toyota, the first Toyota truck I saw, I, I stole him, and I found Crystal Man. Once again. Wow. Yep. 40 feet's yep. a long ways to jump, but I guess if you're it's really addicted, you got to have it's it. It's a long way to jump. But, Brent, I forgot to tell you, the day they caught me, the day they caught me, they put me back on the news, and they put me back in the papers, the front page. They put my picture, and they put the big catch captured. 
So they wanted the public, they wanted the public to know that I'm in custody so they can breathe yeah. a sigh of relief. Yeah. The police department had a party because they had the hardest time catching me, bro. So when I escaped, oh, that wasn't was good. Mad, bro. Yeah. Nope. That wasn't good. And they came, they came full force, bro. And every day on my escape, I would go to a house and I would take the newspaper out of the mailbox and I would read them and they would, they would write me messages. We know where you stay. We're going to get you. And well, I got to ask, I, I, I got to ask you, Kyle. Okay. You escaped from prison. I mean, that's yeah. something that, you know, you just, and I mean, I watched Shawshank Redemption and saw Andy Dufresne knock through 19 years of a wall. You got out of a window, jumped 40 feet, stole a car. Where did you go? What did you do? Cause it was like 12, circles, was bro. it like 12 days of, of being on the run? 12 days, bro. How did you, high speed, how did you 12 days, three high speed chases? Wow. Yeah, so like I said, in the criminal world, people would look up to me, bro, for what yeah. I did. So I, w- I would go to like all the red light districts, and I would go to where I know get panty addicts. Yeah. And they would see me, they'll be like, oh. Yeah. And they, they, they would help me and go get the drugs for me because I couldn't be seen at all. Right. And God is good, bro. So finally they caught me. Finally they caught me. Where'd they catch data. You? Oh, man. I somebody told they, they had like um they was offering money yeah for capturing me and so once they offer money bro that was it that was it I yeah. people they knew and they they called the cops and I I gave them a run for their money bro and they caught me they took me back to the same jail that I escaped from. But this time I was shackled from head to toe, belly chains, everything. I couldn't, I couldn't even move properly. I got to ask you, cause I hate being shackled. That's like the most dehumanizing <laughs> thing. But at that time, and you've been this kid that everybody knew and thought that you were going to be the guy that made, you know, the Island proud because you were going to be that professional golfer from Hawaii. And now you are an escapee. You've been captured again. What, that grandfather and your mom and what, what was going on in that world? I, my grandfather had passed away. Okay. And I wasn't even thinking about that, to be honest. I was, I was in a world where I'm not familiar with and I don't know what is going on now, bro. So they caught me and I shackled down. Mm Mm-hmm. And they put me on a, by on desk. They turn on the phone. They had them on speaker. And they call this place called Halava Correctional Facility. That's on prison on Oahu. It's called Halava Correctional Facility, a.k.a. Thunderdome. Thunderdome. All they do in Halava prison is fight, bro. The Hawaiians, the Samoans, the Tongans, all these, they fight. You fight. And... They put me on speakerphone and they said, guess who we get sitting down over here? The guy said, who? Kyle Kilau Singh, bro. We can catch him from escape. Oh, oh, you guys got him, bro. Yeah, and we're going we're gonna to send him up to you guys because we, we cannot control him, bro. He won't punk, bro. We, we're going to send him to you guys today. And the guy said, the guy on the other, on the other line said, Kyle, I never answer. The guard nudged me. He said, you better answer. I said, yeah. He said, hey, what's up, punk from Big Island? 
So you're coming to a halava in a little bit. <laughs> we see you in a little bit, bro. Okay? Hang on, boy. And he'd hang up on me. I don't know what the hell is going on, bro. So they put me on a plane by myself. They flew me to Halava Correctional Facility where I was greeted by the goon squad. And they took me to this place called the Shoe, bro. Special Holding Unit. And they put me in on seven by seven cell. That's the size of a closet. Yeah, you know, seven by seven. And I was, I was on a ground floor. And I remember looking out the window, one little skinny window, out into the Halava Valley, just looking at the beautiful lush green valley, bro, and wondering what, 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 what's going on. Next thing you know, I see two guards, bro, on the other side of the window, standing outside my window looking at me, and I'm looking at them, and I, I'm confused, bro. They had on paint can, bro, with two paintbrushes. And they started painting the window from outside, from the top. Mm. And they was making their way down. And they was waving at me and smiling and laughing and until they reached the bottom. And it's the last time I saw one human. That's the last time I saw outside. For a while, bro. And pe- what they did to me in Halawa Correctional Facility was, was inhumane, bro. It was and all just, it tell you is next. It was just you in there, right, Kyle? You were just in there side by side. Yeah, and what they tell you in the future is next time, no come prison. So now I sit on seven by seven, windowless, blacked out cell with just on light on, 24 hours. Mm. No reading material, no writing material, just me and my toilet and my sink, bro, and my mattress. That's it, bro. Kyle. And... How, in your mind, I mean, I can't imagine, and I've been to prison, and it's not like that, because that is a lockdown, I mean, solitaire, solitary confinement. What what did you do? I mean, your the mind. Reason why they, the reason why they put me in that situation, because what I did, bro. Yeah. Because I was a menace, and I was a punk from the big island, and I. The people in Hawaii, we, we're a close-knit community. And I did plenty bad things to people that know people in prison. And they gave me the treatment. And every day, I would wait by my door at 4 o'clock in the morning when a little trap door would open and my one plate would slide through. And I'd, I'd grab my plate, i eat on the ground, and then I'd slide my plate back out and the trap door would close. That's breakfast. Did you keep track breakfast. of time that way? The way they fed you? I mean, like in your mind, I can't imagine how you just didn't go insane. I don't yeah. know. So so after I would eat, I would stand up and I would pace. I would take three steps. I would touch the wall, turn around, three steps, touch my door, and I will pace. That was, my, that was my routine, bro. Pace until the next plate come in. And I'll do the same thing. I'll eat and I'll slide my plate back out. The trap door would close and I'll pace again. That was lunch. One more time, that was dinner. And pace and pace and pace. That's what I did. And do push-ups, bro. And upside downs against my wall. And and I don't care who you are, bro, Brent. You spend that much time in isolation. Things are taking a toll on your mind, bro. Oh, yeah. 
And my mind was drifting, bro, into one place that I cannot describe, bro, unless you, you experience them firsthand, bro. I remember watching my hair grow on my face, bro. I could see my hair on my face, bro, because they never gave me a razor due to suicide. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember every week they would shove on piece of toilet paper through my trap door, bro. Mm. With my toothbrush and my toothpaste, two-inch toothbrush. And I I was losing my mind, bro. And like I said, I don't care who you are, but you... How long were you in there, mind. Kyle? Okay, I'll get to there, bro. So, us as humans, we were built, we were designed to communicate with each other. That's part of being a human, bro. Sure. And I yearned, I yearned for conversation with anybody, bro. So I'll wait by my trap door because I know my plate gonna come true. As soon as my trap door open, I'll say, hello, 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 who's out there? Hello. We just close. Mm. And I'm losing my mind. So I tried that for a while. So my next strategy was when my plate come in, I'm gonna try to swear, bro. In hopes that whoever bringing me my food swear back. So I'm waiting for my trap to open like a dog because I know I'm gonna come. I know I'm gonna open soon, bro. Right there, the thing open. I yell, F you, F you, F you. Nothing. Close. I'm losing my mind. And one morning I woke up, Brent. And the voices in my head, bro, was so loud. Bro. And th the voices were screaming, bro. And this is the voice. The voices were saying, Kyle, you was a six-time state champ. You was ranked fourth in the world. You had a beautiful life, a beautiful future. Look where you stayed on seven by seven, windowless cell, bro. Ram me head in the wall, bro. Ram me head in the wall, bro. And his voices, this was hitting me, bro. Hitting me, bro. Every single sin I did, bro, was hitting me, bro, that day. So I, whoever was talking to me, it seemed like a good idea at the time, bro. So I remember backpedaling as far as I could, bro, against my wall. And I was going to lunge forward and I was going to smash my head in the wall. But I couldn't, bro. Something was holding me against my wall, bro. And I couldn't, bro. The only direction I could go was down, bro. To my knees, cause. Yeah. And I remember as a child, bro, I saw this show of a guy. He was on his knees, bro. And he was asking this guy named God for help. Those images started flashing through my head, bro. And I remember I could literally see me, my back of my head, watching the same TV in my grandpa's house, bro, of this guy on his knees asking this guy named God for help. And all I did was copy what I saw, bro. I was already there. I was already on my knees, bro. And I said, God, my name is Kyle Kilau Singh, bro. I need help, cause I'm sorry for what I did, bro, to all those people, bro. I'm sorry, bro. And if you're really, 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 really out there, bro, help me, bro. Help me, bro. And when I said that word, amen, my whole body, cause I could feel the warmth through my whole body, bro. And wow. when I stand up off my knees, bro, I was free, bro. I was still in a seven by seven windowless isolation cell, but I was free, bro. All my worries, all my anxieties, thought of suicide, every everything was gone, bro. And that's the that's the day I got saved, bro. That's powerful. And there was no turning back, cause there was no turning back.
And the first thing I wanted to do, bro, was apologize to whoever I was swearing at on the other side of the door. That's the first thing that I wanted to do, bro. So I stayed waiting by my door again for my food. Soon as my trap door and open, I said, hello, hello, who's out there? But this time I heard on voice, bro. Oh, Kyle, what's up, bro? You're right. Bro, I was tripping out. I said, ho, 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 wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I said, wait, no, no, leave. I said, bro, you know what, bro? I, 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 I sorry, bro. I, I said, hey, sorry for swearing at you for the past, I don't know how long, but I sorry, bro. He said, you're right, oh, I didn't there. I said, all right. I just like to say sorry, bro. And I know this is our first conversation, but I can ask you a favor. He said, bro, first time I talk to you too, and you're asking me for a favor. What you like, bro? <laughs> He said, I said, if can, I, I can have a piece of pepper and, and on pen, bro, please. He said, I'll see what I can do. And a trap door enclosed. My body had so much emotion going through my body. I had nobody for express them to, nobody for talk to. I had to get them out, bro, mm -hmm. by any means necessary. So that's why I asked for something to write with. So I paced, I paced, I do push-ups, I paced. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the door again to open because it's going to open pretty soon. I've been doing it for a while. Next thing you know, the trap door opened. I heard a voice, the same voice. The guy said, look under your rice. I grabbed my plate, put them on the ground. I moved my rice ball. I moved my chicken patty. And I saw a little Ziploc bag, bro, with three notebook peppers inside and a little suicidal bendable pen. The pen was like jelly. was four inches long. I could stab myself in my neck a thousand times and nothing would happen. That's a suicidal pen, that's why. Bro, but receiving that suicidal pen and those three sheets of notebook paper was like Christmas, bro. It was like Christmas, bro. And I started writing. I started writing. On every piece of the paper, I started writing, bro, Brent. I'm writing how I felt, how I feel. And this is what I wrote. I have a friend, and we're like two peas in a pod, and just so happens he's an awesome God. I'm thankful for the bond that is shared between us. Please let me take this time to introduce Jesus. My friend I have is like no other, because the relationship we share is closer than a brother. Love and compassion he would never lack, and my friend Jesus would never turn his back. Some things about him you probably heard. You can read more about him in the book called The Word. If you open your Bible, you see what I mean. And if you don't believe me, go to John 3, 16. Accept my friend to be a savior and watch your life get a whole lot better. He gave sight to the blind and he cured the lame. And he answered your prayers if you pray in his name. He'll clear your path so you won't stumble. And if you ask, he'll make you humble. Jesus will be there at any cost because he's the one that got nailed to the cross. He was ridiculed and tormented and his ways were rejected. But all that changed when he resurrected. Jesus has the power and authority to save, and my very best friend even conquered the grave. Jesus has the ability to heal and mend, and I'm proud to say that he's my friend. So turn from evil and sin no more, and heaven will await you an open door. The glory of God I want people to see, so they can experience firsthand what my friend did for me. And this is what he did, bro. He interred a 98-pound Christmas attic, Hawaii's most wanted. Put me in an isolation cell for three years to the point of suicide, losing my mind. So I surrender and get saved. Three years. That's and that's what he did. Wow. That's what he did. So now I save, bro. And like I said, I free. Finally, I hear one rustle at my door, one tussle at the door. I back up as far as I could and I watch my door. 
the thing went open. And I saw two big Polynesian gods, bro, looking at me. And I looking at them, bro. They say, come on, Kyle, let's go. I said, where are you going? Home. I said, bro, nope, let's go. I said, before I leave this cell, I like ask you guys some question. They said, what? How long I was in here, bro? He said, Kyle, you was in here for three years and two weeks, bro. Golly. I don't know how you did it. Bro, I, I, I put my head down. I knew, I knew it was long, but I never knew it was to that extent, bro. It's hard to believe, first Kyle. My mind was going, first thing my mind was going, cheap birthdays, cheap Christmases, bing, 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 bing. Yeah. And I wiped my tears, and I said, where are you going? As I'm walking towards them, you don't know where you're going. I said, no, it's my first time in prison, bro. He said, it's your first time in prison. You just did three years and two weeks in a home. I guess so, bro. He said, well, you know, because you're an escape, Kyle. You are a high-risk inmate. You know what else is high-risk? I said, no. If you see people on the news kill people, they're lifers, bro. They put in high custody because they're never going to see the, the light of day. So they're high-risk. People, gang leaders who get penny influence on other inmates, we put them in high custody because they're high risk to us. We will put you, bro. Kyle Kilau Singh, six-time state champ, part in the world. We heard about you. Escapee with them, bro. <laughs> you ready? I I getting scared, bro. I don't. I never get into a fight in my life, bro. That's not how I was raised. I was raised with respect. I was raised for hit one golf ball three hundred yards, bro. So now I go into a high custody prison. And I reach the high custody prison front door, bro. And it's glass with metal gates. And I look inside the building. I see 179 guys, bro, looking at me through the glass. And all I see is tattoos and muscles and no more teeth. That's what I saw. And... The, thing, the front door went slide open and a guard told me, go. Go in, bro. I couldn't move, bro, Brent. I couldn't move, bro. I was so scared, bro. These guys are just looking at me and you gotta be in my shoes for experience that look, the way they look, bro, at you. Yeah. And I put my head down and that's the wrongest thing I did, bro. I don't, I don't, I don't know nothing about prison. I, nothing about prison. I'm learning everything from scratch, bro. So the garden kind of nudged me. I went in, the door went closed, boom. The thing would echo the whole pod. Everybody would stop to see who was coming in. And they saw me, bro. And I was walking, looking for cell nine, looking up, cell two, cell three, cell four, cell five, cell six, cell seven, cell eight, cell nine. I run inside, I take a big breath. Not even one minute, bro. Three guys run into my cell, close the door, and beat the shit out of me, bro. All my front teeth got kicked out. And I was laying in the middle of my cell on my back. Two eyes shot, swollen, no more my teeth. And they took my toilet paper. They took my towel. They took my soap. 
But most importantly, they want to find out if I was a prey or a predator. And you know what they found out real quick? That I was on prayer, bro. Because I never fight back. All I did was curl up in a ball, bro. Because that's not me, bro. So that was my first day in a high custody prison, cause. And every day, bro, I used to get beat up. My mom would send me nice shoes. I never had my shoes more than five minutes. They'll come take my food. And I was pulling hard time, bro. Yeah. And my bunkie at the time, I love him, bro. He was on quadruple lifer. He'd kill one family in Hawaii. He'd tie on a tree. He'd set them on fire. That's my bunkie I live with. And then, and one night, the door would close at night for end of day. He told me, Kyle, something different bro, about you, bro. What is your story, bro? Because in prison, you learn that kind of thing. You learn for pick up things, bro. That's how they survive. Good and bad energy. And I told him my story, bro. And he said, I knew it, bro. I knew it. I knew it because I knew there's something good about you, bro. That was it. Every day I get beat up, bro. Every day I get robbed. Every day I get beat up, bro. And then if you get an issue in prison with somebody, you call them to your cell. You guys go in the cell and you guys handle your business. That's how you, that's how you do things in prison. So one day I was sitting by myself in the corner of the pod and my bunkie was calling for me from across the building. Kyle, come. And he was standing in front of the door. And that's an indication of fight. You can fight. So everybody was looking like, oh. So I'd stand up and walk to my cell. He said, get inside. I walked in. He closed the door. He told me, sit down. I sit down at the edge of the bed. As soon as I sit down, he turned and he slapped me as hard as he could, but right across my face. Boom. And I got hurt because I thought that was my friend. Cause, and I started crying. And he said, look at me, cause, look at me. I look at him. He said, Kyle, I cannot see these people doing this to you, bro. You're a good guy, cause you get on date for go home, bro. Okay, I cannot see these guys doing this to you. You gotta fight, but you understand, cause they can slap me one more time, as hard as he could. Pa. He said, "Look at me again. Look at me." And look at him. He said, "Remember where you stay, bro. You understand? Remember where you stay. You gotta fight, bro." He opened the door. He locked me in the room. That was the best advice I ever got, cause. Remember where you stay, bro. I see by God, bro. But I gotta remember where I stay, bro. And he's not gonna leave me, bro. So the next day came, the same guy came for take my food. I said, bro, come to my room, cause we went scrap. My bunkie went stand up, he said, I watched the door. And I, I was in my room, the guy came, he locked us in the room and we didn't fight cause. I wasn't fighting for my food, but I was fighting for my life, my mm-hmm. friend. He was different. Yeah. And that was my first physical altercation. 
and wasn't my last round. And did it feel my di- heart, did it feel different, Kyle? I mean, the fact that you were now fighting for yourself. Oh yeah, yeah. When you fight in prison, as you know, and if you win, somebody gonna like fight you after that. So no matter what, bro. And in prison, when I first went into prison, I was timid. I got beat up. And then after I started winning fights, I started acting crazy in hopes they leave me alone. Mm-hmm. But got worse. More I got beat up. So in prison, I learned on certain balance, bro. I learned how to speak to people. In a way where I'm not timid and aggressive, I call that stern. You got to find a way to look at people where you're not pushing aggression, but you're not pushing being timid. You got a certain way you look at them. Balance. So I learned that prison. And before I went to prison, my heart was like a killed garden, bro. Beautiful with one rose inside. That's how my heart was before addiction, before prison. And in prison, where I was, the gangs run the prison. Right. Not, not, not the guards, the prisoners. And I work out like a machine, bro. Because I got to be strong. Every day I'd wake up like golf. I had that ethic, bro. Mm-hmm. Before my door opened, I'll be doing burpees, 1,000 burpees, 100 burpees, sit up, boom, boom. By the time the door opened for breakfast, I already had one workout in already. Well, everybody just waking up. Same ethic. And the, my working out when I track the gangs, bro. So one day I was working out when one gang guy came up to me. He said, oh, Kyle, you work out Tanya. You, you like join us. I was, oh, man, no disrespect to you guys, but please no disrespect, but I good. He said, you sure? I said, yeah. Boom, he left. The next day, three other gang members come up to me. One guy was speaking. He said, Kyle, you see that guy under the stairs? I said, yeah. Walk up to him. Hit him as hard as you can. And when he fall, you jump on him and you stomp him, bro. Or you see the other guys under the stairs, the six guys looking at you. Yeah. If you don't do that to that one guy, these guys will come to your room right after this and they will do that to you, bro. So I look at that one guy under the stairs. I look at the six guys under the stairs. Hmm. Choice was made, bro. Walk up straight to the guy. Sorry, brother. Boom. Because I got to do what I got to do. I saved my God, but I got to remember why I stayed, bro. And every time I'll do something like that to survive prison, I'll plant weeds in my hunt. Because that's not me, bro. Mm-hmm. That's not me. I cannot never walk up to somebody and just whack them like that, bro. I could never see myself doing that. Cause, but I'm in prison. I'm in high custody prison now. And every time I'll do that, weeds, weeds, I'll plant weeds. And as the years went on, bro, my love in my heart was being suffocated, bro. By the weeds. Bro. I was becoming like them, bro. My whole body is covered now with tattoos. I no more teeth like everybody else, but this is this is fake. 
and I fitting in with them, bro. But God is good, bro. You see my shirt? You see my shirt, bro? Love it. Stay humble. Pray. Hawaii. It's a stable prayer. So I got a routine in prison. At the end of the night, after I Paul fight, Paul exercise, whatever, I shower and I play cards, bro, with one guy, my friend, and we unwind. So I playing cards, bro. Six six guys raping one guy, bro, right on the side of me in a corner. And this guy is yelling for help at the top of his lungs, bro. I never did hear one man at, cry for help like that before in my life, bro. And I've been raised for help people, bro. If you see somebody's car stuck on the side of the road and they're pushing them, you jump out of your truck and you push and you help. Right. You see one old man or an old lady in a supermarket getting hard time with their groceries, you help. Bro. Mm -hmm. That's what I was raised. So now this guy yelling for help at the top of his lungs, bro, while six guys getting their way with him. I got to remember why I stay, bro. Maybe that guy did something wrong to somebody's daughter. Maybe that guy did something wrong to somebody's mom and they're paying the price now. You let things go, bro. So I, I, I remove myself. I tell my friend, I come back. I'm going to use the bathroom. I walk to my cell. I close my door. I take on big breath. And I tell myself, stay humble, Kyle. You get six years left. This is temporary, bro. This is not your home. I drop to my knees and I pray. Father God, thank you for the breath of life. Thank you for everything that you do. Please watch over me and guide me and protect me, Father God. Amen. It's the first time I ever did stumble prayer. Stumble prayer. After I did that, I wiped my tears, opened my door, boom, sit down, play cards. The guy not even yelling anymore. Yeah? That's your routine. I see guys get, yeah, routine. I see guys get shanked in the neck, blood shooting. I go to my room. Say humble prayer, bro. You get seven, you get five years left. This is temporary. This is not your home, bro. Drop to my knees, Father God. Thank you for the breath of life. Thank you for everything that you do, bro. Watch me and guide me and protect me. Amen. That's how I came up with simple prayer. Simple prayer. I like it. So I did my whole 10 years, bro. I did my whole 10 years, bro. Yeah? I forgot to mention that I did five in Halawa. And in Hawaii, if you get sentenced over 10 years, they fly you to Arizona. So I was in Arizona. I finished my time in Arizona. I did five at Halava, five in Arizona. So I said, Arizona, one guard come up to me. He told me, Kyle, you're going home on the next flight. Your time is up. Okay. I mean, what would you, I mean, what were you thinking, Kyle, after all this time, after everything that you Bruh, had to live whole, through? My, everything in my body just lifted. Yeah. See, almost like the same feeling when I got surrendered, bro. Yeah. But surrendering had a better feeling, bro. Yeah. So as soon as the guard told me that, he walked away. I went to my cell. I went on my knees. And I prayed, bro. This was my prayer. I said, Father God, thank you for this journey, bro. Thank you for allowing me to see the things that I had to see so I can feel what I had to feel, Father God. Father God, I worship and I praise you, Father God. When I get released from these prison walls, Father God, use me in any way that you need me, Father God, to help people with addiction, to help people and just... Use me, Father God, to show your love, your mercy, your forgiveness, and your grace. Thank you, Father God. Amen. That was my last prayer, bro. Wow. In prison. In prison. Yeah. And now I free, bro. So now I free, bro. Okay, Kyle. Tell me because 
you, you just took me through a hell of a journey there with, I mean, I, I don't know if I, I'm usually not speechless when I'm on these podcasts, but you spent that amount of time doing it the hard way, knowing how to, to adapt and survive, getting home and being back to your island. What, what, how are you adjusting? How are you feeling? What's going on with you and your mind getting back? You know, the first, when I first came home, release, freedom, mm-hmm. I left on bad taste, bro, in people's mouth when I left. And when I came home, the word got out, bro, because I live on an island. And people's opinions and perceptions about me wasn't still good, and I, I don't blame them, bro. I would feel the same way, too, to tell you the truth. But none of these people saw, bro, what, you went what I went through, three years in isolation, to the point of suicide, surrendering, going through the high, watching people get raped, watching people get killed, bro, yeah. getting beat up. and Nobody saw that, bro. Nobody saw the, the, the pro- progress, process. Mm-hmm. Nobody saw that cause. All they saw was, oh, no, he back. Mm-hmm. And people wasn't afraid to, to let me know how they felt by the way they look, discuss. Was, was rough, bro, transitioning back it's home. It's not easy to get out of prison. You know, and in order to live, we all need money, bro. So I needed a job. The first place I went, I asked for an application. The guy looked at me. He crumpled up the paper. And he said, Kyle, get the F out of here. I turn around and walk out. And I was thinking, oh, what if I did something bad to him? And the percentage is high. I live on an island. <laughs> yeah, all right. You're on an island. So I strike out every application was was torn, bro, and ripped. And I was ready to give up, bro. And it was rough. They want to, I was working out at this park by my house. It's like a beautiful park. I was doing like my exercising. One of my childhood friends came up to me and he said, Kyle, bro, you look good, bro. When he came out of prison, I said, oh, like a week ago, bro. He said, bro, I speak to schools, but I don't know if you know, but I speak to schools. I said, well, what? He said, bro, my friend get MS and he go around, he speak to schools and he, he share with kids about not giving up, bro. He said, bro, I get on school next week. Bro. Why, not, why not come with me and share your story? I'm not going to share my story with these kids. You're not so hot. He said, bro, your story can help people. Tell them how you got with Tiger Woods. You're super good. Tell them how you got super bad. <laughs> Tell them you're free, bro. Yeah. And that was his word. Yeah, you're free. And I said, what? Okay, then I go. And then we went to the school. But I had a plan, bro. I've been walking around with shackles and chains mm-hmm. for so long. I went to the hardware store the day before and I got me some chains, bro. Mm-hmm. And one of my police officer friends gave me a shackle on handcuffs, bro. Yeah. And when I went to the school, my friend said, what is that? He said, no worry, bro. Just when you introduce me, that's all you got to do is introduce me. So I stand on the other side of the gym, bare back, no more shoes, no, no more slippers, just shorts with chains, bro. And with the security guard from the school. Then my friend introduced me to the kids. Oh, my friend Kyle, I talked to you. This guy go with Tiger Woods, but he surfed. It is that. <laughs> Everybody, welcome Kyle. 
and all the kids clapped, uh-huh. 2,000 of them. Next thing you know, I start kicking the door, bro. Like how I kicking when I run out of toilet pepper or like my bunkie getting a heart attack. I kicking the door and I shaking the gym, bro. I tell the security guard, open the door now. He opened the door and walk into a gymnasium full of 2,000 people, bare back, tattoos, no more teeth with my chains. And the kids, bro, they got so quiet. You could hear them pin drop, bro. Because the, the picture that my friend didn't paint for them is not never match of what they saw, bro. Right. So I, I walk by and I make sure every kid can see me, bro. I wanted to give the kids a visual of a bad choice, bro. Wow. I reached a microphone. One bad choice put me in a situation. One bad choice. I take off my shackles, put on my shirt, put on my shoes, put on my hat. But now I get a new lease on life. And I choose for be here today for talk to all of you guys. And that's how I start my presentations, bro. I love that. And I, I went to um Office Max. I blow up, I go on Google, I get my mugshot and I make a poster. And I brought that poster with me and I share my story, bro. And when I came out of prison, I came out of prison with prison slippers, prison shorts, and a prison shirt. That's it. Not one cent to my name, bro. But I came home saved, and I came home with sobriety, and I came home with passion for help people, bro. And right there, that's, that's what it is, bro. Man, and that's I, kind of, this, yeah. I, I was going to say, Carl, that's kind of fill you up so much after you've done all that you've done and then you're able to share that and use it and those kids are able to experience it and i love what you say too is you're you're just one bad decision away from affecting one. your whole life because one. really that one decision that you had was way back in high school you got expelled yep. and you fell off a pedestal and you yep. you felt like you couldn't get back up off of, off the ground to get on back on that pedestal that everybody had put you on and yep. man what a yep. I mean, your kids that listen to you have to just be, bro. man. You know, you know, Brent, I dedicated myself, bro, to help as many kids as I can and educate them about the power of their choices, bro. Yeah. And to remind them that they are one choice away from a different life. Yeah. And Hawaii, I've been free of crystal meth for 18 years. Yeah. I've been free from prison for eight. Yeah. In those eight years, I spoke to 95% of the school's here in Hawaii, bro. That's awesome. And I did that for free. Yeah. That's how I gave back, give back to the community, to the state that I once destroyed, bro, because of my crystal meth addiction. Yeah. And people thought I was crazy, you know? Yeah. So you go to the island of Kauai, for the people out there, I did every school on the island of Kauai, bro, for free, not knowing where I'm going to sleep, not knowing anything, but for help, my intentions for help people, bro, kids. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, anybody go where I went, bro. Yeah. So well, I, I do one island. I come home to the big island. I go to another island. People ask me, oh, Kyle, what you doing? How much are you getting paid? I said, zero, bro. What? You're not so what, bro. But they don't know. They don't know what I went through, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the right thing to do, bro. If, if I can go to one school, bro, and help at least one child not go where I went with addiction or prison, that's what it is, bro. That's my whole mission, because. And, bro, I... I get one God backing me up that is the most powerful God, bro. And it's, my faith, it's my just, faith is true to roof, bro. Kyle, it is really an unbelievable story. I mean, it's like a movie and how you've taken it to this point. Tell me a little bit about, you know, you've got kids and t- tell me about your personal yep. life. What's going on now, now that you're home? Okay. 
So when I, when I went to prison, my the kids that I had in Alaska, right. I called them my Eskimos. Eskimos. <laughs> when I went to prison, there was little boys, bro, like eight and six or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And when I came home from prison, there was men, bro, yeah. six feet, over six feet. And I was afraid that they was going to hate me for leaving them at that crucial time of their life. Mm -hmm. But they forgave me. That's, that's great. And like I have, I have a little son now, Grayson two years old and I never did do the things that I do do with him now with my kids cause my addiction. Yeah. God's grace, bro. And every day I pray to, for God to cleanse me and continue to use me bro, as his vessel. So I finished all the islands in Hawaii. Okay. My last island I did, I came home to the big island where I live mm -hmm. and I felt complete. Yeah. I felt I, I could do what I can do. So I prayed and I shared with God how I felt and I pray and I said, Father God, please plant me the people that I need to further my story out of Hawaii. Cause it's just how I feel. I feel I did what I could, bro. I need your help. Plant me the people that I need so I can touch the lives of many more kids, bro. Next thing you know, I get one, my phone, my phone, this agency, called top youth speakers. If schools in the entire nation need a motivational speaker, that's where they go, top youth speakers. And they reach out to me and they say, bro, we, we follow you and we see what you're doing, bro. And now I, I work for this organization called top youth speakers. And I just came home two weeks ago from Georgia and West Virginia. And I don't even know where I'm going. I think bro. you said Alabama too. You were in Alabama. I think. Oh yeah. yeah Alabama. And, God is good, bro. Yeah. And I just grateful, bro. I'm grateful. Well, thank God you didn't lose your mind being in there for three years. I, I mean, and, and you kept it together. I don't, I don't know. I mean, the, the, and you know, I, I know I was just thinking like the discipline that you had as a kid to do what you did, like to have the passion that you had for golf and, and having to be in that rhythm and, and what you had to do as your routine probably played well for you in a time of a nightmare situation, like being in a hole that you had, your mind had kind of trained itself to be able to adapt, to be in a routine, to be able to survive. And not everybody could do that. It's amazing that you were able to survive. You know, I watch a lot of prison documentaries. Yeah. And there's a lot of people like my, my wife, she doesn't know nothing about crime. She don't know nothing about, inmates she don't know nothing about anything yeah so i always pray for her documentaries so she can understand understand why i am the way i am and why i do the things i do yeah and i showed her some isolation documentaries where guys do one year in yeah. a hole and they're crazy i said look babe i did three of them yeah and you had yeah, no idea you didn't, you didn't even know no it was two years. that's the crazy part of nope. it yeah kyle what you know I've never had somebody on like you that has gone through as much as you've gone through the way that you've gone through it. If you were going to impart something to the listeners out here of your takeaways from everything that you've experienced, what would you tell them? I would say don't sweat the small things in life, bro. Yeah. Be grateful. Be grateful for what you get, what you have, being around your family, eating on home-cooked meal, being able to walk outside and feel the breeze on your face. I Be grateful, that. bro. 
because there's one choice that can ruin your whole life, bro. Just enjoy what you get now, and life is too short, bro. God, that's good. And good advice. That's what I tell. Yeah, bro. And me, I, as, as for me, my faith is through the roof for what God did for me. Yeah. If he can turn me into what I am today, bro, he can do anything, bro. Yeah, it's powerful. And when I go to the school, I tell the kids this. We live in the most beautiful place in the world, bro. And if you guys like jeopardize where we live for a 10 by 10 cement cell with a guy named Big Bill, <laughs> you're out of your mind, bro. You better think. Yeah. And I see the wheels, bro, just turning. And, you know, before I leave every school, I tell the kids this. Never feel like you guys are alone, bro. Can you guys get me? If your dad in prison or your mom running the streets, addicted, vice versa, never feel alone. You guys get me, bro. My Instagram is Stay Humble Prayer. Yeah. You reach out. I want to make Bruh. sure everybody knows that. Stay humble, yeah. pray. These kids, these kids, they reach. I don't want a degree in anything, but I get one GD from prison, bro. You did. That's what I get. Yeah. And you've affected, obviously, so many lives from being able to talk to that many kids. And it just, it, yeah. it fills me up to be able to talk to you, Kyle, to know that you're affecting people's lives using your experience. Man, uh, I couldn't be more proud of how you've handled your situation and what you're doing and that you're willing to take that and give back and grow and experience other people into trying to make a difference in their lives. And, and you are, and it's so great. I love it. Love it. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Um, everybody. Wow. Okay. This has been, this has been an experience here talking to Kyle um, for all those. Hey, I, we, Love the likes and subscriptions and, and leave a review uh, out there, um, especially on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, there's a book out there, Nightmare Success, that I wrote. Check it out. Check us out on YouTube. Check out Kyle. Check out Kyle on Instagram. Stay humble. Pray. Uh, he's got really good stuff on there, and it's it's uh, and he's just an incredible guy. I really feel lucky to talk to you today, Kyle. Thank you. Thank you. And if any schools out there would like me to speak at their school, you can go to my Instagram and there's a link in my bio, Top Youth Speakers. Press that link, bro. And I see you there. Perfect. Everybody, nightmare success in and out. Thanks for being here today.